This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. The United Shore Professional Baseball League games at Jimmy John's Field are the fun family entertainment experience that you just can't afford to miss. It's Thirsty Thursdays, Firework Fridays, Live Music Saturdays, and Sunday Fun Day for the kids. And don't forget, kids get to run the bases after every game. And parking is always free. Jimmy John's Field in downtown Utica is your summer destination. Get your tickets today at USPBL.com. And welcome, everybody, to the second edition of the USPBL podcast. I am the Doc. John Macaroon. Joining me, Vito Churko. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Vito Jerome. Make sure you give a follow to the USPBL on Twitter at USPBL for all the action and uh, all the things that are happening over there at Jimmy John's Field over in Utica. Great stuff going on. Vito, I hear another player has signed with the Major League Ball Club. Yes, 33 players now in totality. So six this season, one more than last year already, Doc. So very impressive for the United Shore Professional Baseball League. And the name of the player that recently inked a contract with the Major League Baseball team is right-handed pitcher Matt Dallas. Now, Chris Newell, actually, of uh, the Birmingham Bloomfield Beavers, he posted on Facebook about Matt Dallas, this right-handed pitcher, and how instrumental he was in the Beavers, repeating last year as champs in the United Shore Professional Baseball League. And he signed with the San Francisco Giants on Saturday night. So how about that? It is at 33 signed guys in Major League Baseball organizations from the United Shore Professional Baseball League since the league started in 2016. That makes six this year. Yeah, more than last year, like I said again. So impressive for the USPBL in downtown Utica at Jimmy John's Field. To check the standings at this point in time, the Beavers sit atop at 16 wins and 13 losses. The Unicorns are also at 16 wins, but 14 losses. The Woolly Mammoths are even, 500, 15 wins, 15 losses. And the Diamond Hoppers are in last place currently with 13 wins and 18 losses. This week on the USPBL podcast, we got a great guest. So if you heard the podcast, the debut edition last week, you heard about Von Joshua. You heard about the great accomplishments he's had. And uh, tell us a little bit about him, Vito, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. An extensive history of coaching in major leagues. Von Joshua, Eastside Diamond Hoppers assistant manager. So Pat Adams was our guest last week. Fellow DLSL alum. I'll give you that shout-out from Warren DLSL Collegiate High School in Warren, Michigan. So Pat plays for Von and the Eastside Diamond Hoppers in the USPBL. And Pat was speaking about how Von Joshua has been so instrumental in his development as a hitter in the USPBL this season. So now Von played in the majors for 10 seasons, was drafted in the first round back in way before you were even born, John Macaroon, in 1967 with the San Francisco Giants. He played with the Dodgers in the 1974 World Series, had four Pinch hit ABs against the Oakland A's in that series in which the Dodgers lost. Also spent many, many years coaching in big league organizations. And at the big league level once as well with the Chicago Cubs as their hitting coach in 2009. So a lot of baseball coaching experience. And with several Major League Baseball clubs leading up to this gig with the Eastside Diamond Hoppers. We're looking forward to the conversation here on this podcast. I'm looking forward to dialing up Von Joshua. He'll be right up right after this. And it is Von Joshua, Eastside Diamond Hoppers assistant manager. Von, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we just lost a tough game today, but uh, other than that, though, no, I'm doing good. How has coaching in the USPBL been so far for you? 
it's been an experience for me. Uh, you know, this is the first time I've ever been in a uh, independent type of environment, and I really didn't know know what to expect. And uh, you know, but it, it's been fun. Uh, you know, tr- trying to trying to help these young kids. You know, for a lot of them, uh, this is kind of getting towards the, you know their last chance or so, and. You know, when you when you help them and you see some success from them, you know, we've helped a few guys and, uh, you know, it feels extra special. Like I say, this is the first time I've ever been in an independent environment. And, you know, all these kids are just so hungry to learn and, uh, you know, they're just like sponges. So uh, but it's been fun. I've been I've been enjoying it. It's been it's been good for me. Before we get more into your time in the U.S. PBL as a coach so far, let's talk a bit about your Major League Baseball playing career. You spent 10 seasons in the bigs, and you were drafted in 1967 by the San Francisco Giants in the first round. What was that day yes. like for you being drafted in the first round by the San Francisco Giants? <laughs> uh, it's funny you should ask that because uh, I grew up in the Bay Area, but I was always a Dodger fan. <laughs> so, you know, I wasn't a Giants fan at all. And actually what happened when they came to my house, uh, they really didn't offer me, uh, you know, what I felt, um, you know, a first round draft choice you get. So, uh, and I was going to school at the time. So I just said, oh, I think I'll wait, you know, and then the, uh, the Dodgers uh, drafted me, uh, signed me, you know, six months later, but I mean, it, it, you know, it was an honor. And like I said, you know, I ended up playing for the Giants after all. I <laughs> said, well, you know, I guess it was just uh, fate that I was going to have to play for the Giants sooner or later. But uh, it was a good feeling, you know, to be drafted like that. But, uh, you know, back in those days, they had the two drafts. They had the, the regular June draft and they had the January draft, which they call the secondary draft for kids that didn't sign in June or kids that came out of school at different times. So that's what that draft was. Uh. And honestly, that kind of sets into my next question. I was going to ask you, how different was the draft back then compared to the draft now, from your knowledge of how the draft is handled and conducted at this point? Uh, well, well, right now there's a lot more money involved. Yes, right. <laughs> sure, yeah, a lot more yeah, money. I know guys, that. Yeah, these guys, I, I, I wouldn't be probably wouldn't be in the independent league. <laughs> Got the money these guys are getting now, but it was different, you know. Back then, you know, it was you know they had more teams involved in the minor league, so it wasn't that easy. Uh, you know, I mean, it was it wasn't hard. You know, to be get drafted, so to speak, but there were just so many, so many. Each organization had a lot more teams than they do now. So moving up through the system was a uh, was a little different than it is now. Some of these kids, especially the kids that you know sign for for a big bonus, uh, those kids not going to spend very much much time in the minor leagues. But uh, you know, back then you really had uh, each step I went up, I saw just saw just how tough. The competition was. I remember when I got the double A ball. I said, "Whoa, these guys are really good." I was I was 20 years old, and most of those guys were 25, 26 years old, and they had been in the league for like three or four years. And 
I'm saying to myself, wow, if these guys been here four years, what chance do I have, <laughs> you know? But uh, actually, a couple of the guys I live with, the older guys, they say, hey, kid, don't worry, you're just passing through. And sure enough, you know, I went to AAA the next year, and I was in the big leagues that year. During your playing career, Vaughn, I read that you were somewhat of a pinch hit specialist. You collected your fair share of pinch hit ABs, including with the LA Dodgers in the 1974 World Series against the Oakland A's. Now, what was that experience like for you being a pinch hitter coming off the bench compared to starting as part of the lineup? Well, you know, well, you know, hitting hitting is the hardest thing to do in baseball. And <laughs> I think the, 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 the other two hard things to do in baseball is pinch hitting and, and coaching hitting. So, but hit, you know, pinch hitting is not easy. I mean, you know, you're, you've been on the bench. And back in those days, we didn't have batting cages and stuff like that to go and warm up and, you know, anything like that. But it was tough. And, and back then, you know, the starters went longer. So, you're, you know, you were usually going to face a starter. Like if you, you know, like the way the Dodgers had it when I came up, usually if, if it was a leadoff situation, me being a leadoff type of a guy, I would be the guy to pinch hit or if it was, if it was a situation where a guy was going to drive in a run or something like they would have some, uh, you know, one of the, one of the more power hitters hit, but uh, it was a tough job, you know, but I mean, I'll, unfortunately in the world series, I hit the ball hard three times, four pinch hit at bats and I hit the ball hard three times, but no luck. <laughs> so that's uh that's the luck of pinch hitting, you know, and I can say it's uh, it's not an easy job. It's a, it's a tough job. What were your memories of the 1974 season, uh, especially a team that went to the World Series? Well, one thing I remember, uh, you know, uh, I was, Tommy John was on our team that year, and uh, that's when Tommy got hurt, you know, and, the, and I remember it was, a, it was a Sunday afternoon game, and I was sitting out at the end of the bench, and uh, he threw a pitch and he just walked off the mound. And I was the closest one to him next to the runway going up to the clubhouse. And I said, you all right, TJ? And he said, nope. And he just walked on up in. And I remember later on that year, we, we were in the playoffs with Pittsburgh. And Dr. Joe, who, who, who uh, did the procedure, he gave me a ride to the ballpark. And I said, so hi, it's Tommy. And he said, no. No way in the world is that going to work, you know. And little did we know it was going to make history. And uh, now, you know, they had a surgery named after him. But we had a great team. Uh, it was a little tough for me because, you know, here again, I had good numbers in the minors. And, uh, you know, you always feel you should be playing. But, you know, I had some good competition, you know, Bill Buckner, uh all these stars, Steve Garvin, I platoon one year, and, uh, you know, Steve was banging the ball out of the ballpark and stuff. So so it was very competitive, you know. So, But, you know, that was one of the toughest things for me. Uh, like I say, you know, just not getting the chance to play as much as I – you know, I was young, and, you know, you think you're supposed to be playing. But I think, you know, when you look back, you say, oh, those guys were pretty good <laughs> pretty good hitters you were going up against. And the Dodgers were already loaded. They had Willie Davis, Manny Mota, you know, Willie Crawford, all these guys in the outfield. So so it was tough breaking into that team. But, you know, we really should have won in 73. But uh, Cincinnati overtook us. Uh, we were really young. 
and uh, Cincinnati overtook us. And actually, in the 74 World Series, I thought that we had a, a better, you know, better team position by position. But, you know, Oakland, that was their third year in a row, and they knew how to win. And, you know, I think uh, our guys, uh, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of jive talking back and forth, smack talking back and forth. But once we got on the field, you know, they they played better than we did. But uh, it was exciting year. Like I say, you know, there are a lot of players, hey, great players. I played with Hank Aaron his last year. He never got to a World Series. So uh, so that was a special year for us, even though I wasn't, like I say, planned as much as I thought. It was a very, very uh, special year. Vaughn, as you noted, some great players played in front of you. But I still had to believe, and you kind of already indicated it, that it was tough at times riding the bench, you know, not being able to start every single game. How tough truly of an experience was that for you and, and mentally taxing, not being able to start on an everyday basis? It was it was very tough. Actually, uh, actually to be honest with you, uh, I went in uh, <laughs> I went in, we were in we were in St. Louis and I remember and I forget who uh, one of the I think the center fielder got hurt here I, you know I was a center field. Usually I would go in for defensive purposes. And uh, we were in St. Louis, and I thought I was going to start because the guy got hurt. And uh, Walter also, who was the manager, stuck Joe Ferguson out there, who wasn't even an outfielder. You know, and I think that was kind of the last straw for me. Uh, a lot of the guys came into the clubhouse, and they kind of like, you know, patted me on the back. You know, I was a young kid. And, and like I say, you know, it, it was tough. And actually, like I said, I went and asked to be traded. And uh, Mr. O'Malley looked at me and said, you mean you want to be traded? We're going to win the pitch, you know? You want to, you're at, and so I said, Tudor, I just want to play, you know? And so he said, well, I'm not going to trade you. So you just go in there and stick, stick it out, you know? But uh, they end up sending me to the Giants right after that but it was frustrating because like I said I won a, a you know a couple of batting titles in the minor leagues and all the group that I was with uh with uh teammates and guys in the league that I played against you know I won a couple of batting titles and I had out hit them but you know my biggest thing was see I, I wasn't a home run hitter you know and that was they were just starting you know the day Winfields the Parkers and all these big six foot six power hitter outfields were, were coming along and that kind of and I wasn't a power hitter by no means and that you know that kind of hurt but uh but it was tough especially trying to break into the Dodgers lineup you know that was a tough tough lineup to uh, try to break into Von Joshua on the line with us on episode number two of the USPBL podcast. Now, what lessons did your 10 seasons as a player in the bigs teach you? Uh, patience. <laughs> you know, it taught me a lot of patience. And, and, and you know, I uh, Tommy Lasarda, I owe an awful lot to Lasarda. He, uh, you know, I, I guess I went, I started playing for Tommy. I went to AAA in 69. And I was coming from double A and Tommy was coming from rookie ball. Actually, he brought Bobby Valentine uh, with him from rookie ball. And from the start, you know, I didn't know Tommy. I heard a lot about him. And, you know, I was very, very quiet and stuff, you know. But I remember early on playing for him, he said, well, you know, you're going to make a good coach someday. And 
you know, when you're that age, you don't even think about anything like that. But uh, he said, yeah, he said, you're going to make an excellent coach or manager someday. And I said, really? You think so? And, you know, and as time went on, I kind of, well, my parents were teachers. My dad was a principal. So I kind of had that you know, that those, those genes in me, so to speak. So, and even, even back then, you know, I was always helping the guys that, you know, guys, my teammates, I was always suggesting things. I was always able to see things that they were doing wrong and stuff like that and, and help them. So that really carried me through my coaching career. Cause you know, the thing about trying to, like I say, hitting is the hardest thing to do and teaching it is even harder so yeah you have first of all you have to you have to know what the problem is and after you find out what the problem is you got to be able to to fix it so a lot of these kids you know they don't even know what their problem is so they just keep doing it over and over and over so you know show it like i say it showed me a lot of patience and uh and and that's the one i think one of my greatest aspects uh, throughout my coaching career because I was very patient and all the kids could really talk to me and you know being a hitting coach or a pitching coach you know you gotta you gotta get the trust of the of the of the player and uh, it's not like the manager so to speak but as a hitting or a pitching coach you really got to get their trust and they have to you know really believe in you so I think that was the big thing that I, I learned oh and like I say uh, being under Lasorda for so many years you know First, I was under Austin, and he had his style. He was a very quiet type of manager, more of a veterans type of manager, where Tommy was just just completely on the other extreme. So I had a little bit of both of them, you know. So, uh, but I learned a lot from Tommy, and like I said, he he really helped me out not just through my career, but uh, you know, I remember when I le- I did leave after '74 and. And he comes up to me uh, later on, uh, I think it was 77 or 78. He said, I'm going to get you back to the Dodgers. I said, oh, great. He said, but you won't be playing. And I said, well, <laughs> I, said, I said, well, Tommy, I said, I can, I can accept it now. I was like 28 or so like that. I said, I can accept it now. But back when I was 22 or 23, I couldn't accept it. But, uh, but yeah, but that, I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, I think the biggest thing was just, being patient and I and I had fortunately I grew up in uh, Oakland where you know there were a lot of great players, uh, Hall of Famers, uh, Frank Robinson, Veda Pinson. I patterned my game after Veda. Uh, Joe Morgan went to my high school, you know, so I had a lot of guys that uh, that they came back and and really showed us the correct way. So so I had that I had that going for me too that I learned how to do things the right way early on in my career. And I just, uh, you know, I just passed all the things that I learned from all those guys in the 10 years. I got paid with Hank Aaron his last year. You know, I used to always pick Pete Rose's brain for 10 years. All those great hitters, you know, Billy Williams, everybody. And so I learned, I took a little bit for all, from all those guys that I learned from. And I, I you know, I, I, you know, I took that to my, to my coach. And, and I, when I first started coaching, I didn't think I was going to want to do it. But uh, I remember Fred Clare, who hired me, he said, well, give it a couple of years or so. And I said, OK, I'll give it a couple of years. And I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I was, you know, I loved it. So uh, it's very, very gratifying, I think, you know, to be a to be a coach. It's like I say, it's especially a hitting coach. It's, it's tough. It's a tough job. So, you know, uh, these kids, like I say, you know, hitting this is, is a is the hardest thing to do in sports. So, like I said, trying to teach it uh, is even harder. What's your favorite memory from playing for Tommy Lasorda? 
<laughs> we got in a lot of fights. <laughs> now, Nobody fights over liked. what? Fights over what? Oh, Von? just Tommy. Tommy started. So it was, it was funny. Tommy was, oh, God, he, he got fans hated us. The umpires hated us. The other teams hated us. They thought we were cocky. You know, the the, the one team that, that well, I, I had gone back to AAA, and I ended up winning the bad time in 72 at Albuquerque Club. And, yeah, we had a great club. We had Tom Shork at first. Davey Lopes at second, Steve Hunt, Ron Say at third, uh, me, uh, Paul Ray Powell, Larry Heisel in the outfield. We had both Steve Yeager and, you know, and uh, Joe Ferguson catching. So it was just, you know, we just got, Tommy just, you got, you know, we were always in something. Uh, there was always, and you know, and Tommy was funny because, you know, early that first year, that first year that I played for him in 69, God, if we lost a game, he would go in there and just completely tear his his office up. <laughs> I mean, you could hear chairs banging and <laughs> against the walls and stuff and him screaming. But then five minutes later, he'd come out and say, okay, let's get him tomorrow. So, you know, that was Tommy. But And I, I can remember, like, Jim Gilliam uh, was my coach when I first got to the Dodgers, and uh, he and a couple other Older guys, they played with Tommy, and they say, "Hey, every time Tommy pitched, we knew it was going to be a fight." <laughs> you know, so he kind of carried that into uh, into his uh, coaching career. But uh, but it was never a dull moment with Tommy. But one thing about Tommy, though, you know, like I said, though, you know, he, I mean, you know, a lot of managers just kind of kind of group everybody into you know like one little ball. But Tommy, you know, he got into each individual to find out what made each individual tick and he knew how to, you know, he knew what buttons to push it and he knew how to push you and, you know, how to, how to get you, you know, how to get you going. So uh, that was the one really good, good thing I learned from Tommy. Like I say, you know, and he was, he always, uh, another good aspect that Tommy did for us, we would take batting practice and he would make us sit on the bench during the during during the other team's batting practice, and we would have to critique every hitter that you know from the other team. So he instilled all that kind of you know that kind of stuff into it. So so those are some of the things I remember. But it, but it was never a dull moment. Uh, I can remember we went uh, back then. We used to go to Hawaii. I remember he snuck his son on. Uh, he snuck his son on the airplane once <laughs> going to Hawaii. That's like a eight-hour trip from L.A., you know, but uh, he snuck his, uh, he snuck his grandson, I mean, his son on there, so there was, all, there was never a dull moment, let's put it that way. I can tell, time. never a dull moment with a sword in the clubhouse, a definition of a character and a fiery dude. Shifting back to the USBBL now for a little bit here, what's it been like coaching Pat Adams with the Diamond Hoppers, who was guest number one on the USPBL podcast for us? Yeah, Pat has been, um, he's been a good a special project for me uh we, we're really really trying to move him and get you know uh get somebody to you know to to like him and, and want him i think he honestly i think he's proven that he can play you know with an affiliate i, I i'm i'm surprised he's still here i i i wouldn't be surprised i still i won't be surprised uh, that an affiliate would pick him up. He's a very, very conscientious kid. And, you know, uh, when I first got Pat, the first day, I, first day I met him, he comes up to me and he says, uh, I can't pull the ball. I can't hit the inside pitch. 
I asked him, I said, so what are you going to do uh, with this pitch? I put my fist up like a high inside strike. strike <laughs> and I said, I said, what are you going to do with that? They said, take it. I said, come on, you're going to take that pitch with two strikes? You're not even going to swing? And so, so what I've been doing with Pat a lot is I've been trying to teach him how to pull. And, uh, you know, he has that nice stroke up the middle. He got three hits last night. He got two hits today again, you know. So he's been a very, very pleasant guy to work with. And uh, he's just like I say, he's just like a sponge, you know. And swing gets a little long sometimes. But, uh, but like I say, you know, I'm trying to teach him how to pull the ball. And uh, we've been working on that. And, you know, hey, he's been uh, he's been right up at the top of the league the whole year. And, you uh, you know, so it's like I say, it's been, you know, it's, he's been a ple- pleasant surprise for me because I, you know, like I say, I didn't know what to expect coming into independent ball. But uh, but Pat's been a very, very pleasant, uh, very good surprise for me. Your biggest word of advice to your Diamond Hoppers hitters? Well, the my biggest advice is, you know, the, the problem right now, guys, is my biggest advice is, Stop trying to hit home runs. Everybody's trying to hit a home run. This whole new launch angle stuff, you know, got has all these kids, you know, everybody's trying to lift the ball. And, you know, I try to explain to me, hey, everybody's not going to be a home run hitter. You know, I try to, you know, uh, stress to these guys that, hey, you know, you got to become, you got to learn to become a good hitter first like, before you start worrying about the power. So that's one of the biggest things. And uh, mechanically wise, you know, uh, this whole thing of lifting your leg is going to give you more power. I don't know where that came from because I always point out to guys that hey, all those guys got 400 home runs, only one guy lifted his leg. That was A-Rod, <laughs> you know, so all of a sudden now lifting your leg, up is going to give you more power but uh that's the big thing and i always stress to them to uh, to try to use the whole field you know all your good hitters uh use the whole field and so those are the two main things you know to try to be patient at the plate not swing it you know not to swing at the pitcher's pitch and and just you know hit the ball where it's pitched use the whole field and and just don't try to hit every ball out of the ballpark that's the main thing i i stress to them Spray the ball to all parts of the ballpark, which seems like a foreign yes. concept uh, nowadays in the major <laughs> leagues among those yeah. major league hitters. I mean, there's no exactly. more guys like Placido Polanco, who I loved growing no. up with the Detroit Tigers, a contact guy who hit for average. There's not many of those guys uh, anymore, Vaughn, at this point. Uh, it's gone. It's gone. Like I say, you know, they, they're putting this shift on, and uh, for the life of me, you know, and you are, look at the, and I tell the guy, you look at these pitches. They, you know, they're they're not pitching you. They don't have the control to pitch you strictly into their that shift. So just hit the ball the other way, you know. And these guys won't they won't do it. It's it's hurt a lot of the big big power hitters in the big leagues. Uh, for example, like Davis, for example, of Baltimore. I mean, it's killed him. You know, so it's hurt some of these big pull hitters. But uh, you know, yeah, that's the that's the thing. You know, I just stress to them, hey. You, you know, you got to hit the all fields, and you're right. There, they don't. You know, you don't see that very often anymore. And I, I, I stress to them every day, every day that hey, every good hitter, every Hall of Fame hitter that you see, they not only hit home runs, but they hit for high average. They had high on base percentages. They walked, and and above all, they they hit the ball to all fields. So to be a, a good hitter, you have to hit the ball. To, you know, to all fields. 
And it seems like the guys can't adjust to beat the shift, are refusing to do so and or are unable to do so because of their skill set. You're right. Absolutely. And, you know, the biggest part is, is this launch thing. I mean, you know, if you if you if you're putting, you know, if your swing plane is in that launch angle, it's going to be hard to hit the ball to the other uh, opposite field. So in other words, your barrel is going to be below your below your handle. And it's, it's, it's hard to hit the ball the other way if you do that. So I think, you know, it was already kind of tough, but this whole launch thing, launch angle thing has really killed these guys. And that was one of the reasons why a lot of those guys can't hit the ball the other way because they don't have, you know, we were always stressed, you know, like to have a, a you know, a level swing, but now they're trying to lift the ball. If you're trying to lift the ball, no way in the world are you going to hit the ball the opposite field. Uh, Bryce Harper, for example, learned that early in the season. He was trying to justify that money that they gave him. And he was just trying, he was going out there trying to hit every single pitch out of the ballpark. And finally he calmed down. And all of a sudden, he, you knew he was getting close because he started hitting balls out to left field. And, you know, since then, he's, you know, been swinging real well. But that's the key to hitting is that you have to be able to, you know, I remember Joe Torrey once said, uh, I remember I was in still in school. He said, "You know, you gotta you gotta give in to the pitcher." And I said, "Well, what do you mean you gotta give it to the pitcher?" He said, "Take what the pitcher gives you." And in other words, wherever he pitches, you hit it that way. And these guys don't do it. You're right. They they go up there. They want to jerk everything, and they're just making the pitcher's job that much easier. We appreciate your insight regarding hitting because, yeah, for me, my two favorite hitters were Tony Gwynn and Wade Boggs. So I grew up watching contact hitters and guys that could just get on base. You just knew, okay, there's a above average exactly. chance these guys are going to get on base, and they and they knew the art of hitting. So I greatly appreciate the art of hitting. Yeah, the art of hitting. The art. That's true. Vaughn, I'll true. let you go with this. How did you end up in the USPBL? Uh, actually, um, Paul Noche. Uh, you know, they have a thing, uh, Major League Baseball has a thing that they, they put on clinics around the country. And what they'll do is they'll, they'll contact, if, if they like say uh, they had a clinic here in Detroit, it's out at Archer Lake, uh, the, the Catholic school there, I can't remember the name of it. Orchard Lake St. Mary's. A, yes, right? they, had a, they had a clinic there and, and Paul Noche, and then we had one, actually we uh, didn't, where I met Paul was uh, where the old Tiger Stadium used to be, where the where the where the, where the police athletic league yeah is Detroit yeah, Pale so headquarters we, yeah, yeah really so cool. we had so we had a clinic there and uh, I spoke at it and Paul Nochi was there and I you know I had known the name I coached against him uh, you know years ago but uh, we were talking and he and he. He, he mentioned to me that he said, hey, you know, I managed to independently. I didn't even know. I had heard, you know, I always heard this Jimmy John, but I didn't. I live out on the west side. I didn't know anything about it. And, and he said, yeah, you ought, to, uh, you ought to come out and check out a game. So I go out there. It was like the third game before the end of the season. My wife and my stepson went out there. And he was calling me. He said, well, he said, I like that. Would you like to be a coach? And before I could answer, my wife and my steps, I'll say, yeah, yeah, he would. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they, they answered for me, you know. So, uh, and and it, we kind of left it at that. I, can't, I came back out to the last game and watched the last game by myself. 
but anyway, uh, around Christmas time, uh, I get a, I kind of pretty much forgotten about it. Uh, but around Christmas time, Paul calls me and uh, he said, Hey, I'm officially offering your job. Do you want to? And I said, Sure. So it was local, you know, it, you know, I mean, local in the sense that it's here in Detroit area. But uh, so, oh, yeah, I was more than happy. Like I say, every time I think I'm retired, they, they you know, they keep reeling me back. Somebody in. gets you back out, Vaughn, uh, right? In so many <laughs> yeah. words. And you know what? Yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody had an answer for you on this week's episode of the USPBL podcast. And it's been a pleasure talking with you for nearly a half an hour, I think, at this point. Well, a lot of great anecdotes. You. My my pleasure. Thank you. Hope to do it again. Thank you. And best of luck the rest of the way this season with the All Diamond right. Hoppers, All too. Right. Thank, All right. Thank you very much. Man, Vito, that was a great conversation. Love hearing baseball stories. And I think it's something we'll talk about more with these coaches is the art of hitting in that a lot of these guys want the, uh, want the home run because of the fact that, hey, when you hit home runs, you make big buku bucks. And yeah, you get you the chicks, all right, well, which we can't do because we don't hit home runs. Vito, that's all good, too. But when someone's willing to scratch you a check for maybe $35, $40 million a year for 10 years, if you can hit the long ball, I can understand why they want to look at launch angles, right? So you're doing it for the money over the chicks. No All right, you're doing it for him. both. Doing it for both. And at the USPBL, coming up here, now Wednesday through Sunday, you got games at Jimmy John's Field in downtown Utica. Now, on Wednesday night, it is Italian-American Heritage Night. So I guess I should be there, okay? And it's two for one Wednesdays. Thursday, you have Mardi Gras night. Now, that sounds like a heck of a lot of fun. Featuring Parade Company Big Hats. And it's also what I really like, Thirsty Thursday. Sponsored by Dave and Buster. So we have to get to the ballpark for that purpose right there, Doc, as well. I think my friends and I, hey, we'll go for that. Friday, the Friday Fireworks Spectacular. Saturday, we have German-American Heritage Night featuring the Enzian Band. And Sunday is Parents Appreciation Day and a Reptile Day presented by the Reptarium. So a lot of fun stuff coming up this week at Jimmy John's Field in downtown Utica. For all information, again, regarding the USPBL, go visit their website. Great work there. And, Vito, if you can't get out to Jimmy John's, there's an opportunity for you to check out the games that are streamed live on YouTube. Go check out the USPBL, the United Shore Professional Baseball League, on YouTube and across their various social media platforms. But if you get a chance, go out to Jimmy John's Field, a great place to watch local independent baseball. Like we said earlier, six players this year have been signed with Major League squads. And a point of emphasis is development. These kids are developing and they're doing great work. And Coach Von Joshua is out there among them trying to teach them the art of hitting, which is something that is very, very important. So with that, this podcast comes to a close. I look forward to talking to you again next week on the third edition of the USPBL podcast. And follow the USPBL on Twitter at USPBL, and their website is USPBL.com. Guys, been great talking to you all. Adios. The United Shore Professional Baseball League games at Jimmy John's Field are the fun family entertainment experience that you just can't afford to miss. It's Thirsty Thursdays, Firework Fridays, Live Music Saturdays, and Sunday Fun Day for the kids. And don't forget, kids get to run the bases after every game. And parking is always free. Jimmy John's Field in downtown Utica is your summer destination. Get your tickets today at USPBL.com.